0: For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit ExMormonFiles.com. That's ExMormonFiles.com. And now, here's Earl. Good evening and
1: welcome to the Ex-Mormon Files here in the heart of Salt Lake City. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I'm grateful that you join us this evening for a few minutes. I'm happy to welcome Greer Heyman tonight. Uh, to have you share your story with us. Thanks for coming. Yep, Thank you. I'm I'm excited to be here. Well, we're sure excited to hear your story. It's an interesting one, and one that parallels my journey journey quite a bit. Uh, so, tell us a little bit about your background as a Latter-day Saint.
2: Uh, I was born, raised in the church. I uh, wasn't born under the covenant. My parents uh, were later sealed yeah. in the temple. Was that mm-hmm. here in
1: Salt Lake or in
2: Utah? Yeah, here in Utah. Yeah, I grew up in uh, Utah County. Okay, and still live in Utah County. So. Yeah, uh, grew up in the the church, you know, going to you know young men and you know first primary young men, yeah. and
1: uh, you know through ironic priesthood, to Melchizedek priesthood, and, and I like felt like you were a normal active Mormon family, I guess, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, <laughs> and sh- take seminary and
2: yeah, I went to seminary. I didn't graduate from seminary. I, no. uh, I actually uh, was asked not to come back to seminary because I asked too many
1: questions. Oh, you were one of those, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what kind of questions were you asking at um, a high school age?
2: You know, I guess just uh, you know basic questions. I would, I would ask, uh, you know, what does this mean, or how does that apply to me? And yeah. and uh, I remember once we were given a little map of of uh, the Book of Mormon lands, and yeah. I asked, well, where is that in the world? <laughs> and I could never get, I guess, You'd never get a an good answer, answer for, for it. That. So. Yeah, I was a little disruptive, I guess.
1: <laughs> so, would you consider your normal or your family life pretty normal, Latter Day Saint, then? I mm-hmm. guess. And yeah,
2: yeah. I, uh, I would say we're you know yeah. typical LDS family.
1: And had you did you read the Book of Mormon at all during this um, time? And
2: growing up, I I wouldn't say I've ever you know I never read it cover to cover. Yeah. You know, I'd read little, you know, little bits here and there. And you know, seminary they would say, you know, we're reading this chapter today. So I'd kind of speed read through the chapter and. Yeah. And uh, never really, uh, I guess, personal study of it growing up. How about the Bible? Did you read that much? I guess no, took seminary. No, the Bible, not really growing up at all. I mean, yeah. you know, you'd you'd read little bits here and there that, uh, and I like to call you know the LDS cherry picking. You'd
1: yeah. You'd read little <laughs> little bits here and there, but never not really fine. studied it. Yeah. So you became a priest, I guess, and in, in the church. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Did the. Uh,
2: you know, uh, passing the sacrament and uh, you know going to uh, you know those that weren't you know able to come to church and help pass the sacrament to them in their homes and oh, yeah. and uh, you just kind of the I guess the typical yeah. you know what you do. I was involved in scouting. Um, you know, just kind of I guess the typical.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Did you uh, feel like you had a strong testimony of the gospel? Um, I think I, I just had kind of a borrowed testimony.
2: Mm. Um, you know, uh, my mom. Yeah, Family. my mom and dad. Uh, you know, all my relatives are LDS. Um, you know, so growing up, it was well, my parents
1: say it's true, and this is what we do. So, you know, it, I guess it's true. So, kind of a borrowed testimony, yeah. you're saying, huh? You know? Yeah. And and your mom was influential, I think, in, uh, in that testimony. Yeah, my
2: uh, I grew up with uh, a mother who, uh, you know, instilled. Uh, you know strong uh, love and faith of of christ yeah um you know my my mom and aunt actually uh you know they sing at a lot of l d s events you know whether it be uh you know homecomings or farewells they used to do that a lot when yeah. when it was allowed they'd sing at funerals and oh. uh, so yeah there was a strong uh yeah, okay. you know faith in christ developed in my my young years for my mom, yeah,
1: so you eventually go on a mission uh-huh. Anything yeah. happened between high school and mission that we need to know about? Uh, you know, just kind of the you
2: know, I had a little bit of rebellion in high school. I think like, you know, most kids my some age kids did. kids do, yeah. Um, I didn't like being told that this is how you'd have to do this and that and and uh, you know, I had some rebellion. Uh, you know, I uh, you know wound up in you know the bishop's office where uh, I actually was told to to read the miracle of forgiveness, and that oh was that. uh <laughs> That really really hurt me reading oh. the miracle of forgiveness because uh, in reading that I was you know sure that
1: I was I was not going to heaven that I was yeah. going downstairs so <laughs> it doesn't give a paint a very good picture does' it no. especially if you make that second sin or something yeah and, you know, yeah
2: but yeah. Uh, that was hard for me when uh, you know it teaches that uh, you know if you sin again your former sins return and right I just it's uh, kind of harsh isn't it yeah
1: <laughs> But you do go on a mission, and mm-hmm. you end up. Go, tell us about that. Yeah,
2: I was called to serve in the Philippines on Calais mission. Yeah, um, and uh, you yeah. know, I remember when I opened that call, I was just, I was uh, pretty nervous. Yeah, you know, I thought I'd probably go stateside, and uh, you know, I yeah. think uh, I think God's got a good sense of humor. <laughs> he uh, he uh, sent you to the Philippines. Yeah, me the was Philippines. it a good experience? Yeah, I loved my mission. Um, I don't think there's. Uh, Know, day that goes by that I don't think about the Philippines and and uh, you know some of the relationships I, I gained over yeah. there and
1: and it was a great great opportunity now I remember we're backing up just a little bit but you mentioned an experience that you had the, during when you went to the temple hmm. before your mission I yeah. assume so uh, tell us about yeah, that.
2: my uh, my temple endowment experience was scary <laughs> um, as it is for many people going through for the yeah, first time I, I went through the Salt Lake Temple and uh, I remember it was, uh, you know, the live production of yeah. the endowment. And I remember, you know, sitting there and uh, my mom beforehand said, you know, really pay attention to the wash and anointing. It's a beautiful, you know, blessing. And and uh, I remember they handed me this little poncho-looking thing. And, right. you know, it was like a sheet with a hole in it. It said, put this on.
1: Yeah.
2: And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. And uh, I remember <laughs> going in that little little booth and you know having the guy perform the ordinance and, and touching me and I just I felt extremely creepy it was just creepy it, and it
1: didn't feel very god like no it, to, to, to me no. either. yeah
2: and you know for me it was you know sirens were going off in my head and I sat and thought you know, why am I feeling this way if this is what I've waited my whole life to get here to go why to does it time. feel so bad and immediately I went I must not be worthy to be here it showed. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, and uh, I remember going in the endowment. I remember uh, my dad hadn't been to the temple for for quite a while, so with him kind of being my guide, I was like, you know, "How do I do this? How do I put this on?" And my dad's like, "I don't know. Look <laughs> at him." And, you know, it was it was a little nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked over at my mom, uh, you know, across the room, and I remember she was just. Ear to ear grin. Yeah, she must have been thrilled. Yeah, and so for me, I was like, okay, if she's okay, I'm okay. You must be right. Yeah, and I uh, remember I uh, we finished everything and uh, finally got in the Celeste room, and my mom said to me, uh, she goes, son, you know, in here you can ask me anything. So do you have any questions? And I said, no, I don't know if I have any questions, mom. I just feel like I joined a cult. And uh, she, <laughs> she, you know, she looks at me and she goes, uh, she goes son, you just don't understand. And wow. I was like, okay, maybe it's got to be me. Got to be me that I don't understand. But you actually
1: said that. Yeah, uh, I felt uh,
2: felt like I, you know, with the stand up, bow your yeah. head. I mean, all that. I was like, <laughs> you know, this it was scary to me. Yeah. You know, I didn't know what I was
1: getting myself into. Wow. So. Now you must have. Well, okay, let's jump now into your mission again. Mm-hmm. You had a good experience on your mission mm-hmm. overall. And
2: yeah, so I mean, in, in getting there in the mission, um, I remember I felt like I was. Was being deceitful to the people because I'd go out there and I'd tell them, you know, Joseph missed the prophet, and the Book of Mormon's true, and I didn't have a burning testimony of my own. So uh, oh, I was wow. about I was about six months. It's hard the, to do. Yeah, yeah, I was about six months into the mission where it was make or break. I was like, you know, I have got to I've got to find this out for myself. So I uh, I sped read through the Book of Mormon. Yeah. I remember, I got to Moroni's promise, yeah. and I read it, and I went in and uh, crawled on my on my bed. Said this little kind of you know, you know, just sped through a prayer and was. I, I don't think I was expecting you know the heavens to part and trumpets <laughs> to blow or anything like that, but uh, I kind of expected like this you know obvious yes it's true, and nothing came. Oh, and uh,
1: again I reverted back to, it's me i was going to say or ask you what do you think the lds would think of that where, where you pray about the book of mormon and not get an answer
2: well in in moroni's promise it, it says you know that you have to have a, a you know pure intent and faith in christ yeah. and you know so for me i was i was like well maybe i'm just not pure I'm i don't have pure enough, enough, enough intent i'm not worthy enough and uh, it's your fault yeah i mean i constantly felt like uh, throughout my My life growing up in the LDS Church, I felt like I was climbing a ladder. I was continually, you know, as long as I, I continually kept the commandments and uh, you know said my prayers and fasted and paid tithing and you know perfect church attendance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd just Mm -hmm. get a little bit higher, but then I'd sin and was right back to the bottom. You know, so in asking for an answer, I just felt like you know I just hadn't done enough yet, and uh, you know I finally got to a point where. I didn't care what uh, my friends or family would think anymore or what other missionaries would think. I had to have a testimony of my own because I just couldn't do it anymore. And, uh, you know, that's what I thought was my conversion then. And to me now, I know it was just me, you know, giving myself the answer. Um, I think I was more afraid of going home. And, uh, you know, the great thing about my my parents is they love me regardless. Oh, that's Um, amazing. You know, uh, but I was I was worried that uh, I would go home and they would just be, you know, so disappointed yeah. that I'd
1: come home. You don't want to disappoint them.
2: And uh, so I think I kinda gave myself you know, the answer that, you know and what the answer I got was, you know, Greer, you know the church is true. You know Joe Smith is a prophet. Yeah. You're just realizing it now. Yeah. You know, so then I, you know, went out and, you know, the more I taught and the more I learned Tagalog, um, you know, the more I seen people come to the church I was like see it's true look these lives are changing you know I just kept
1: they're getting answers yeah they're getting <laughs> answers
2: you know my my aha moment is going to come Yeah. You know, eventually and uh, you know on my mission the uh, we had what was called the official harvester and it was this uh, kind of award system that you had mm-hmm. to read all this church literature and then you'd get a certificate and you know you kept reading by the and mission president yeah by the mission oh, no. president um, so I can't remember exactly how many times you had to read the Book of Mormon, but it was several times. And we had to read the Bible twice and, you know, the Articles of Faith and uh, Our Heritage and uh, Marvelous Work and a Wonder and all these books and Jesus the Christ. And I remember, you know, reading a lot of these and just kind of speeding through them so I could just, oh, there's another on the checklist. Um, But I remember coming to, you know, the Old Testament. There's a lot of the Old Testament that I didn't understand. But there's a lot that... That really kind of shook me, you know, especially in Isaiah, where God is saying, you know, I am the beginning, I am the end. You know, uh, do I know of any other gods? I know Beside not none. No Thou shalt <laughs> have no other gods before me. Uh, you know, all these, you know, that God's saying, I am one. Wow. It's just me.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, you know, that's what I kind of took away from the Old Testament. Wow. And a lot of that stuff, I would, I remember reading on my mission, uh, the teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith. Yeah. I remember him talking about the Council of Gods, and I'm like this God of the Bible saying <laughs> I know of no other gods but Joseph is saying there's a ton of gods you know there's a, you know, this polytheism yeah and uh, that's very perceptive yeah I mean for me I, I what I would always revert to was well so many plain and precious truths have been taken from the Bible I can't oh, trust this isn't that true yeah and uh, what really hit me on my mission is coming to the New Testament Uh-oh. and reading in the New Testament uh, you know all about grace And for me, I was reading of this Jesus that was so different to me than the Jesus of Mormonism. You did this on your mission? Mm -hmm. And I kept having this kind of conflict of, you know, I remember uh, in Matthew when it says, Come unto me all ye that are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And I remember reading that, and I was like, God, I'm burdened, (laughs) I'm weary, I'm trying to come to you, I'm trying to take all the steps to get to you. Mm -hmm. Why don't I have that relationship with you? Why isn't this... Close connection I've always wanted. Wow! And uh, again, it re- I reverted back to you're just not doing enough, Greer. Yeah. You're not doing enough. You know, you don't keep all of the commandments. You know, yeah, you're not impossible doing impossible to do yeah.
1: that. So it must be your yeah. fault.
2: Yeah. So uh, yeah, in the New Testament, this Jesus was just so loving and accepting. And uh, you know, in my mind, I've seen a painting of it since where Jesus is lifting up a, a blanket to you know to minister unto a leper. Yeah. And for me, you know, this Jesus of the Bible was, you know, he hung out with the outcasts of society. Yeah. You know, the Pharisees who were, you know, to be these perfect individuals. Yeah. Jesus had nothing to do with them, and he constantly chastised yeah. them on well, thinking they were perfect.
1: Right. Why did simple curves and all kinds. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And uh, I remember reading in Luke, you know, the parable of uh, the Pharisee and the tax collector. Oh, he's not good. Isn't I remember it? reading that, and I was like, who am I? Which one am I'm I? I'm the Pharisee. And, uh, that just blew me away. Oh. Uh, you know, I was trying to constantly earn God's love. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't.
1: Mm. Wow, this is insightful on your mission. Did you, you finished your mission, you um, came finished, home I okay, finished and? my
2: mission, came home. And uh, yeah. one thing one thing on my mission that really kind of rocked my testimony was uh, in one of our branch meeting houses, I found an old copy of uh, Mormon Doctrine. Oh, the original. Mm. One of the later editions. and. Yeah. Uh, I remember reading that, and I came on black in the priesthood, oh, and boy. that really shook my testimony. Um, you know, for me, you know, I'm getting little tidbits of, of uh, this God of love and grace, <laughs> compared to this God that's saying, you know, because of what you did in the premoral existence, I'm going to curse you. I'm going to curse you. know, and for me, it was night and day difference of how could a God that loves everybody this to a certain group of people because they made a different choice that doesn't make any sense to me and uh, but I continually found myself taking these uh, concerns and questions I had and and I put them on a shelf it's like well that's not important Greer it's it's your journey it's you you know you kind of uh, you know doing it all on your own and that stuff you know you don't have to worry about that one day um, I imagine continually Anything that I would yeah, I'd take a big walk active. on the other side of Jesus and he'd just
1: explain everything to me and be fine and Do you think other people put things on shelves as well? I think they do. I think yeah. they do. I mean, because there's... Things way... they don't understand or Oh, yeah. Question. I, I think,
2: uh, you know, I would constantly read in, you know, the Bible where it says, you know, my understanding is not your understanding. My ways are not your way. Yeah. I remember reading that and I'm like, well, see, so you're, you're, you're nowhere near, you, know, <laughs> you know, the intelligence that God has, so, right. you know... You need to humble yourself a little bit, and uh,
1: but uh, you yeah. know yeah, that really kind of bothered you with the more yeah, bothered me it. a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of interesting how the, how we judge, mm. and, and that causes us problems throughout our lives, really, as yeah. far as that. Anyway, so you come home and uh, yeah, I came home, and I remember my my parting shot from my mission president was go home get married.
2: Yeah, and I was like no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, I was like I don't know if I want to go home right off the bat and get married and. Uh, Came home and I dated some girls and uh, and uh, through a mutual friend met my wife. Okay. And uh, you know during that uh, that whole time I had a lot of questions and uh, I would constantly start reading and I started noticed I noticed I had it came to a point where you know maybe I'm I'm not understanding all this because I just don't know enough of the doctrine. Oh. So, so do some more study. Did some more yeah. study, and, and I would read in uh, you know in the Book of Mormon where uh, it condemns polygamy. That, and then in Doctrine and Covenants it says it's okay um, you know I was just confused about a lot of stuff and I'm like you know I just need to know more of the history of the church yeah and that was kind of my downfall is looking at you know the historical yeah. events that took place in the establishment of the church
1: now your profession actually is uh, is such that it allows you or this' th- part of your talent is Mm -hmm. investigative processing and so on tell us a little bit about how how you related that to joseph smith yeah
2: so um my profession i'm I'm a police officer um so in investigations we have to take what evidence there is yeah um now of course i've got to have i have personal feelings that that come in an investigation by how i feel about stuff but i can't i can't investigate and, and prove a crime based off my feelings um so in investigating some of the, the early church history, red flags were popping up. Yeah, um, you know when I, for example, the uh, religious revival in Palmyra didn't take place in 1820; it took place in 1824. Um, I'm looking at stuff like that, going, "This doesn't make any sense." <laughs> and then I find a, a you know, a, a first vision account from Joseph Smith that says a he was 16 account. years old. Yeah, um, and that only Jesus appeared to him. Yeah. Um, you know I'm seeing this stuff that's it, in his own handwriting yeah, in his own it? handwriting yeah. and you know I come across this and I go wait this doesn't make any sense as an investigative um, person that yeah. must have
1: just drive you nuts
2: you know and then I found out about his his past with money digging his arrest record was huge for me um, I started <laughs> His uh, arrest record yeah you know <laughs> but he was, and,
1: guilty, yeah, he? he was found guilty yeah he
2: was found guilty um, you know, and I, I would tell myself, well, maybe that's just a blemish on his character. You know, yeah. I, I've, I meet people all the time that have, that have made mistakes; they're yeah. good people. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the further I kind of w- w- searched, um, I remember coming upon uh, polygamy. I had no idea that Joseph Smith had plural wives. I thought that was all Brigham Young.
1: Yeah, that's um, a you know, And then, you there. know, it's
2: 33 wives, and then yeah. some are as young as 14, yeah. um, and then he had polyandrous wives. Some people that were already mm-hmm. married, women that were already oh, yeah. married. Yeah, so for me, when I really realized that there were some problems is when I came across, you know, with Joseph Smith's money-digging past with the seer stone and a hat, when yeah. I found out that's how he translated the Book of Mormon. With the that was a big that. one for you. Yeah, that bothered me a lot because here he was found guilty in the court of law in using this method to defraud people. He used that same method to translate the Book of Mormon. That was pretty scary for me. But I continually just said, you know, well, who am I to judge Joseph? I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not a prophet. Yeah. You know, how can I do this? But uh, yes, you know, so I. You know, this is about an eight-year process for me. This is tough, isn't it? Yeah.
1: A, this is the hard part. You
2: know, and. and uh, for me, I finally uh, stumbled upon the Book of Abraham.
1: Oh boy! And that, was that a big uh, one for me.
2: That one that uh, really rocked every found, you know, my my foundation. And uh, I remember, uh, you know, I finally came to a point where I was like, "Joseph's not a prophet."
1: My investigative mm-hmm. instincts tell yeah, me. Yeah, I couldn't if I uh, had to stand in court. Yeah,
2: yeah, in court. If I had to go into court, and I had to say, "Your Honor." Um, the defendant here, in speaking with him, he made me feel that he was innocent. <laughs> but I know all the evidence against him says he's, he's guilty. <laughs> um, I'd be the laughing stock of, of uh, you know, the courtroom if I said, you know what, I'm here's, just going to go off my feelings. I here, feel that he's innocent. Here's the fingerprints. Yeah. Here's yeah. the Yeah. yeah with, all, with all of that, uh, I mean, I couldn't uh, say regardless of the evidence that's uh, you know against him, I'm going to base it off my feelings. Yeah, I, c- I couldn't do that anymore, and right. I had uh, what I call, you know, my 15 minutes of being an atheist. I, uh, that is I a like, hazard, isn't uh, it? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think what the problem is, where you see a lot that leave the church that become yeah. atheist, is because a lot of their relationship, or their I
1: guess their understanding, uh, is all solely based on the church, not, not Jesus. Not Jesus. So when they have a problem with the church, there's no relationship yeah. with Jesus to fall yeah. back on. Yeah, I mean, it's you know it's yeah. hard to change your whole worldview of how you see everything. Yeah. Well, Greer, I know you were married in the Sa- Sacramento mm-hmm. Temple, and so you had this marriage for time and all eternity. You mm-hmm. had to deal with that a little bit. What? Uh, how did you deal with that thought process?
2: Um, you know, when I found out that uh, eternal marriage is just a... You know, a figment of Joseph Smith's imagination. It it really hurt. Yeah, Um, I've got two little girls that are my world. Yeah, you know, I love them, with all my heart. And to think, you know, I don't have an eternal family was just devastating. Um, And I remember I was constantly, you know, lying to my wife why we weren't going to the temple and why we weren't going to church and. You know, with my schedule my schedule rotates all the time so sure. I was I was kind of using the excuse yes. while I'm tired and yeah. you know and I only have three days off this week so I got a lot of stuff to do and yeah. you know it, it finally came uh, came to a head my wife went home um, for the 4th of July celebration to be with her family and uh, where she's from California she you know uh, very often goes home to California and while she was gone I remember I just was praying, God, when she comes home, let me, you know, let me, uh, you know, explain this find all to her to, and find a way yeah. to, you know, break the news to her. And, uh, you know, finally, uh, you know, I I'd planned it out in my head how I was going to do it. And uh, I was very angry when I came to find all all these lies that I'd been mm-hmm. led to believe. And all that came out when she came home, uh, she seen me reading No Man Knows My History. And she's like, what's that book? And I said, Oh, it's a book about Joseph Smith. She's so, like, is it a church book? No. And that kind of opened up the the conversation. All that came out was, I don't believe Joseph Smith was a prophet. I don't believe he restored a gospel. I don't believe
1: in any of that. Wow. And, uh, well, believe it or not, we're running out of time, and I want mm-hmm. you to share how you feel now about Jesus. About how, Jesus. Because that you said you had that few minutes of... Or a few seconds of atheism, mm-hmm. which it, I know happens. Yeah. But so I, I started. St- I
2: started studying the validity of the Bible and found overwhelming amounts of evidence that supports the Bible. Um, I uh, went to a church called Center Point Church and kind of hid in the back and was kind of looking for. Did that make your heart race the first time oh, you went in? Oh, I was I was scared to death. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, yeah, I was I was scared to death. Uh, I stood in the back because if it was you know something crazy, I'd just dart out the door.
1: Yeah. Um, but what I mean, it's so it's so awkward to feel like you're going into something Christian yeah. like yeah. that. and what had happened was. Uh, what did you notice, though?
2: Well, when I went in the first time, there was just a guy up there on a keyboard playing, and uh, he played a song called "The Stand." And uh, you know the lyrics, what it said. What I was contemplating before I heard this song was, you know, God, what do I have to do to have a relationship with you? What do I need? Yeah. And this, you know, the lyrics of the song are, uh, you know you know you carry the cross for my, saying, my, my sin uh, my sin weighed upon your shoulders my heart now to stand And the course is so what could I say or what could I do but offer this heart of God to you wow. and in that moment I was changed I realized that I didn't have to prove myself worthy I didn't have to have a checklist I didn't need a temple I didn't need you know to be you know perfect and Jesus paid for all of our sins yeah, all right? I had to do was offer my heart to him yeah. that's all he ever wanted and that has changed everything for me he that believeth in me hath everlasting Mm -hmm. life
1: isn't that a joy and you felt did you feel a burden off your shoulder oh
2: it was just a world of difference because when jesus says my my uh my burden is light my yoke is easy i mean that is so true yeah because there's such freedom that
1: comes in christ wow well you've got 20 seconds what do you tell the lds people i
2: would tell the lds to uh you know read the new testament Read it. Read the New Testament. It, pray better. about it, and uh, just like he says, come unto me. Yeah. All you that're weary, if you're weary and burdened, come unto him, and there's always room at the foot of the cross.
1: Wow. Well, I appreciate your story. It's 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 so interesting, and I know there's so much we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, dear, you, you're grateful. Your kids are going to church. And, mm-hmm. Are they? Yep. And your wife yep. is... Yep. She, she comes with me and oh, uh, it's great. Oh, good. Well, thanks, Greer. I appreciate your coming and sharing your story. We'd like to remind you that you are following the gospel of Joseph Smith. Uh, if you can step away from him just a little bit and realize that he, thinking of him as not a prophet kind of answers a lot of questions. Good night.
0: This has been the audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files.